Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to Lost in Revision. And we made it a whole year. Happy anniversary, Angel and Polly. Very <laughs> very fitting that we accidentally began this in the perfect month with the bestest of holidays. I also want to introduce our very first guest ever, Pixie Smith. She is an author, and we are actually covering one of her stories in a future episode. Welcome to the show, Pixie. Thanks for having me. I'm kind of honored to be the very first guest, and I hope I set a good standard for all the other guests you may have. I hope we have more guests. <laughs> <laughs> well, eventually we'll get sacrilegious discourse on here. They want to read a story, too. So. How are you today, Angel? Well, I am enjoying what seems like the very first Sunday in forever. That is less than 100 degrees. <laughs> The grass is even a nice yellow instead of a dead gray. Oh my God, yes. I am wearing a sweater because it's too chilly on my right elbow with the darn tendonitis. <laughs> so, Polly, how's your weekend going aside from the tendonitis? <laughs> we are deep in the middle of marching band competitions right now. So, pretty much every weekend is exhausting. Uh, by the time this releases, they will have had the third of six competitions. Ooh. And the longest one yet with prelims and finals. Uh, three more to go and then we're done. You got this, Mama. Just keep going. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, is my this is my fifth year. <laughs> <laughs> How many more do you have left? Uh, t uh, two more after this one. Two more. Crossing fingers, it stays two. And <laughs> at least you can look forward to Halloween. <laughs> Either of you have your costumes that you're working on. I need to drag out my pirate stuff because there's no better way to introduce myself to my new neighbors than dressing as a pirate with a parrot on my shoulder. <laughs> I totally wish I was trick-or-treating in your neighborhood. <laughs> my team at school has decided to do the theme this year of, it's a great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'm going to be the pumpkin. Well, I must say that you will be my very favoritist pumpkin. <laughs> I don't have a costume. My kids are too old for trick-or-treating. Too old? That's not even a thing. Yeah, I know, but they're busy. I think Kaylee's planning a piratey costume with her friends at school. The band has a Halloween party, so I, I just have a lot of ho awesome Halloween-themed bandanas to wear at work. Hmm. Those sound fun. Okay, so Baba Yaga is near and dear to my heart life goals for me to hang out in the woods in a magical house where visitors need to be welcome. She is the inimitable hag in the woods, helping some and being eh, less than helpful to others. Tell me what you found out from the interwebs. Okay. Baba Yaga <laughs> is a forest spirit of Slavic folklore, originating as long as 300 years ago in record, but probably much, much earlier in oral tradition. The tale of Vasilisa, uh, Russia's Cinderella trope, is a Baba Yaga story. Baba Yaga flies around in a giant mortar and wields a pestle, so it can be assumed that she's an alchemist of some degree. Uh, she either lives by herself or with her sisters, all collectively known as Baba Yaga, in a hut in the forest and as a protector of the waterways and fountains and the water of life. Aww. 
I feel like y'all are my other Baba Yagas. <laughs> Ooh, I feel like a brand new baby witch. <laughs> we won't go into details of the first time I was called a witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. <laughs> what you just said i'm not sure i want to be that anymore <laughs> i love being your koyaga so the hut is characterized as a wooden hut with chicken's legs or hen's feet sometimes it has a chicken's head or a rooster's head on the ridge pole and sometimes it's described as having chicken wings and a tail like a whole chicken <laughs> <laughs> you know the witcher ended up forever changing my image of baba yaga and they did such an amazing job with the visuals of the hut with the chicken feet. I can only picture the big chicken in Marietta, Georgia right now. I actually think that the witcher was pretty close to how I imagined it. Well, it was uh, it was darker, actually, than I had imagined. Well, you know my brain. Come on. <laughs> It was pretty close to all the descriptions I had read, and it was pretty much what I imagined. It was really neat to see it brought to life from all the text descriptions I had read. Definitely. I haven't seen The Witcher. <gasps> I am shame. Shame. Shame, shame. <laughs> shame on you. Shame on your cow. I need Gong, shame, gong, shame, gong. Hey, did you read that she is auctioning herself off to follow around someone to help the strike? Yes! <laughs> That's awesome! That's awesome. So the character Baba Yaga probably originated as a grand deity with power over all manner of natural resources, life, death, and the underworld. Also... She served as a mother goddess, entrusted with the instruction of young girls on how to transition from child to mother in their own right. Ooh, I'm that Yaga. I call dibs. <laughs> I'm the Yaga that cooks and makes food stuff. But she is kind of an all-purpose character, lending herself to playing either the role of the Wicked Witch or the benevolent hag in the forest. Goals. Today I have selected a Wicked Witch story from our trusty Gutenberg library. There was a story where she was a benevolent guardian of two girls, but it sadly was published in 1966, so it's not yet public domain. I liked it better. <sighs> Too bad. Well, I hope that what we're reading is one where she dismembers someone that was rude. We keep reading these stories that just gloss over the beheadings, disfigurement, and dismemberments. We need to do Baba Yaga justice. Has anybody talked about the correlation between death goddesses and mother goddesses that in stories they're often found together and it's a combination that's found across all cultures um one that always comes to my mind mm. is persephone she is both the goddess of spring which is life and the goddess of the underworld which is death and i really love seeing that dichotomy and stuff and i think baba totally. yaga can fit that where she can be life or death depending on the mm. day i agree I love that Baba Yaga is such a diverse and, yes, dichotomous character. The name Baba Yaga means horrible or frightening old woman, which is fair. I mean, women of a certain age can start to appear a bit unnerving. And if she lives in the forest and communes with nature, it's not like she goes to the spa all the time. Hey, as a woman of a certain age, I think I take exception to that generalization. Then again, I do need to schedule more spa time. It isn't her appearance that scares everyone. Everyone knows a woman with knowledge that gives no figs are truly what's frightening. Amen. Oh, yeah. That's me. <laughs> yeah, I I'm always confused when people are afraid of me, especially men, because I'm not scary to me. 
<laughs> or me. But really, she's gonna she's gonna be described differently depending on who is telling the story. I can't imagine a polluter or a logging operation are gonna have quite the same experience with her since they're going to endanger her waterways and her forest. To them, she would appear malevolent. Sometimes she is described as benevolent to children and young women, particularly those who have been abused. So their abusers would find her malevolent. As she should be. Oh, yeah. Harm to all waste of protoplasm abusers. She can either harm or help depending on what amuses her the most that day. <laughs> Vibes. Right. Really, there is so much to unpack about the Baba Yaga character. The cultural variations, the history. Like, in Bulgaria, she's called Forest Mother. And in Hungary, Iron-Nosed Midwife. And she's definitely a motherly character. While in Serbia, Croatia, and Bosnia, she is a dangerous witch used to frighten children into being obedient. Because, you know, it always falls to us women to be the ones who set and enforce the rules. Dads just vanish too often to be any good at that job. Unless it's rules about our own bodies, that is. <laughs> True. Then again, that is the only part of us some of them are really interested in. <laughs> mm, that's why Lorena Bobbitt was my hero. <laughs> Mothers, keeping kids alive. Fathers, Meh, I can make more. I mean, <laughs> we can make more too, but God, it hurts. <laughs> and that's too much work. Better to fix the one that's there already. Nope. Pregnancy, zero out of ten. Do not recommend. <laughs> yeah. Men, men don't need the same woman every time. Yeah. True. <laughs> um. The uh, the sister characters of Yubaba and Zaniba in Hayao Miyazaki's Spirited Away are very similar to the Baba Yaga archetype. Both in Yubaba's role as, her, as Taskmaster and Madam, and Zaniba's role as the benevolent hag in the woods who helps Chihiro and gives her useful items and advice to assist her and her friends. On the flip side, John Wick is referred to as Baba Yaga because he is the terrifying specter, as was Ghost from Ant-Man. Specifically, these characterizations are made by men rather than by women, as Baba Yaga is more frightening to men than to women. Baba Yaga definitely plays favorites between the men and the women, helping women to find their destinies while killing and eating men and using their bones to build her woodland fortress, or enslaving them as her soldiers upon her fiery horses. I mean, I didn't find any story of her actually eating people. She just threatened to. And then the villagers with all their hearsay. Well, the eating of men is mostly in the tradition, but not necessarily in the stories. That's what I said. Hearsay. The stories that I read just had her chopping up the bad people and putting bones to use or in boxes. You gotta get fence posts somewhere. Well, the <laughs> village people said she was a cannibal. She would likely have discovered the myriad of health reasons to avoid eating people in her long life. But if she isn't human to begin with, then it isn't cannibalism in the first place. And therefore, that is a misnomer. I'm sorry, all of a sudden I've got it in my mind. B-A-G-A. <laughs> when your sorry. man's bringing you down... Give him to Yaga for stew. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> stew? Who's stew? <laughs> yeah. Does she, <laughs> does she know a stew or did she have stew? <laughs> so.
Baba Yaga. Somewhere, I cannot tell you exactly where, but certainly in vast Russia, there lived a peasant with his wife, and they had twins, son and daughter. One day the wife died, and the husband mourned over her very sincerely for a long time. One year passed, and two years, and even longer. But there is no order in a house without a woman, and a day came when the man thought, if I marry again, possibly it would turn out all right, and so he did, and had children by his second wife. The stepmother was envious of the stepson and daughter, and began to use them hardly. She scolded them without reason, sent them away from home as often as she wished, and gave them scarcely enough to eat. Finally, she wanted to get rid of them altogether. Do you know what it means to allow a wicked thought to enter one's heart? The wicked thought grows all the time like a poisonous plant, and slowly kills the good thoughts. A wicked feeling was growing in the stepmother's heart, and she determined to send the children to the witch. Thinking sure enough that they would never return, dear children, she said to the orphans, "Go to my grandmother who lives in the forest in a hut on hen's feet. You will do everything she wants you to, and she will give you the sweet things to eat, and you will be happy." The orphans started out, but instead of going to the witch, the sister, a bright little girl, took her brother by the hand and ran to their own old old grandmother and told her all about their going to the forest. Oh, my poor darlings," said the good old grandmother, pitying the children. "My heart aches for you, but it is not in my power to help you. You have to go not to a loving grandmother, but to a wicked witch. Now listen to me, my darlings," she continued. "I will give you a hint. Be kind and good to every one. Do not speak ill words to any one. Do not despise helping the weakest, and always hope that for you too there will be the needed help. The good old grandmother gave the children some delicious fresh milk to drink. And each a big slice of ham. She also gave them some cookies. There are cookies everywhere. And when the children departed, she stood looking after them a long, long time. The obedient children arrived at the forest, and oh, wonder! There stood a hut, and what a curious one! It stood on tiny hens' feet, and at the top was a rooster's head. With their shrill, childish voices, they called out loud, "Izbushka, Izbushka, turn thy back to the forest and thy front to us." The hut did as they commanded. The two orphans looked inside and saw the witch resting there, her head near the threshold, one foot in one corner, the other foot in another corner, and her knees quite close to the ridge pole. "Foo, foo, foo!" exclaimed the witch. "I feel the Russian spirit." The children were afraid and stood close, very close together, but in spite of their fear, they said very politely, "Ho, grandmother! Our stepmother sent us to thee to serve thee." "All right." I am not opposed to keeping you children. If you satisfy all my wishes, I shall reward you. If not, I shall eat you up. Without any delay, the witch ordered the girl to spin the thread, and the boy, her brother, to carry water in a sieve to fill a big tub. The poor orphan girl wept at her spinning wheel and wiped away her bitter tears. At once, all around her appeared small mice squeaking and saying, "Sweet girl, do not cry. Give us cookies, and we will help thee." The little girl willingly did so. Now, gratefully squeaked the mice. Go and find the black cat. He is very hungry. Give him a slice of ham, and he will help thee. The girl speedily went in search of the cat and saw her brother in great distress about the tub. So many times he had filled the sieve, yet the tub was still dry. The little birds passed, flying nearby, and chirped to the children. Kind-hearted little children, give us some crumbs, and we will advise thee. The orphans gave the birds some crumbs, and the grateful birds chirped again, "Some clay and water, children dear." Then away they flew through the air. 
The children understood the hint, spat in the sieve, plastered it up with clay, and filled the tub in a very short time. Then they both returned to the hut, and on the threshold met the black cat. They generously gave him some of the good ham which their good grandmother had given them, petted him, and asked, "'Dear kitty cat, black and pretty, tell us what to do in order to get away from thy mistress, the witch.' "'Well,' very seriously answered the cat, "'I will give you a towel and a comb, and then you must run away. "'When you hear the rich running after you, drop the towel behind your back, "'and a large river will appear in place of the towel. "'If you hear her once more, throw down the comb, "'and in the place of a comb there will appear a dark wood. "'This wood will protect you from the wicked witch, my mistress.' "'Baba Yaga came home just then.' "'Is it not wonderful?' she thought. "'Everything is exactly right.' "'Well,' she said to the children, "'today you are brave and smart. "'Let us see tomorrow. "'Your work will be more difficult, "'and I hope I shall eat you up.' "'The poor orphans went to bed, "'not to a warm bed prepared by loving hands, "'but on the straw in a cold corner. "'Nearly scared to death from fear, "'they lay there, afraid to talk, "'afraid to even breathe. "'The next morning the witch ordered all the linen to be woven "'and a large supply of firewood to be brought from the forest. "'The children took the towel and comb "'and ran away as fast as their feet could possibly carry them. "'The dogs were after them, but they threw them the cookies that were left. "'The gates did not open themselves, but the children smoothed them with oil. "'The birch-tree near the path almost scratched their eyes out, "'but the gentle girl fastened a pretty ribbon to it. "'So they went farther and farther and ran out of the dark forest "'into the wide, sunny fields.' The cat sat down by the loom and tore the thread to pieces, doing it with delight. Baba Yaga returned. "'Where are the children?' she shouted and began to beat the cat. "'Why hast thou let them go, thou treacherous cat? Why hast thou not scratched their faces?' The cat answered, "'Well, it was because I served thee so many years, and thou hast never given me a bite, while the dear children gave me some good ham.' The witch scolded the dogs, the gates, and the birch-tree near the path. "'Well!' barked the dogs. Thou certainly art our mistress, but thou hast never done us a favor, and the orphans were kind to us. The gates replied, We were always ready to obey thee, but thou didst neglect us, and the dear children smoothed us with oil. The birch tree lisped with its leaves, Thou hast never put a simple thread over my branches, and the little darlings adored them with a pretty ribbon. Baba Yaga understood that there was no help, and started to follow the children herself, in her great hurry, she forgot to look for the towel and the comb, but jumped astride a broom and was off. The children heard her coming and threw the towel behind them. At once a river, wide and blue, appeared and watered the field. Baba Yaga hopped along the shore until she finally found a shallow place and crossed it. Again the children heard her hurry after them, and so they threw down the comb. This time a forest appeared, a dark and dusky forest, in which the roots were interwoven, the branches matted together, and the treetops touching each other. The witch tried very hard to pass through, but in vain, and so very, very angry she returned home. The orphans rushed to their father, told him all about their great distress, and thus concluded their pitiful story. "'Ah, oh, father dear, why dost thou love us less than our brothers and sisters?' The father was touched and became angry. He sent the wicked stepmother away, and lived a new life with his good children. From that time he watched over their happiness, and never neglected them any more. How do I know this story is true?' Why, one was there who told me about it.
what is your favorite part or version of the story? The cat. The cat is the true hero in this story. He's so very cat. Like, here's some tasty ham, kitty. And suddenly he's your friend and helpful. But to the witch, he's like, yeah, whatevs, lady. They gave me ham. You didn't give me ham. So I shredded your sheets. You're welcome. <laughs> well, the dogs were the same. And the tree was the same. And the gate was the same. So it's just kind of a theme in this story. <laughs> I was surprised by how close this Baba Yaga story was to Hansel and Gretel. I was expecting kids who were just horrid and getting punished for being little monsters. Instead, Baba was the mean witch who didn't get to met out any justice at all. Right? This story's disappointing. We need a better one. But my favorite <laughs> part of this story was actually the part where the father believed the children. When does that happen in a fairy tale? It was definitely unusual that he then turned out the stepmother. Uh -huh. You never see that happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, did he send her kids with her or keep them? It just says that he lived happily with his kids in the woods. It is kind of a precursor to the modern dad got custody story. For a dad to get custody, the mom has to be really awful. Well, he only married her because he was afraid of being a single dad. And not having a housekeeper. And yeah, which, yeah. which kids did he keep? So Pixie, what was your favorite version? Um, I like a lot of Baba Yaga versions. She's just showing up more and more in media nowadays. Like you mentioned John Wick and The Witcher and Ant-Man. Uh, some of the more offbeat places I've been seeing her is C. Rochelle has an amazing mutt series called Yaga's Writers. Anybody taking this as a book recommendation? Yes, it is smut. Please do not send us angry <laughs> emails. Um. S.J. Tucker is a musical artist out of Memphis, and she has a song called Baba Yaga that shows kind of the kinder, more gentle mothering Baba Yaga aspect that we don't get to see a lot. And the Luna app has several stories. Uh, the Luna app, spelled L-O-O-N-A, is an app that for relaxation and sleep, it tells stories as you color pictures. And one of the things you actually get to color is the chicken leg hut. Oh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> I might have to go find that. <laughs> right? So what do you think the original lessons were that this story was trying to convey back then? Well, you know, being kind to small things, looking out for the insignificant creatures and caring for the neglected or even sharing just a little bit of happiness, like tying the pretty ribbon on the birch tree. Cookie crumbs and pretty ribbons. You never know how much these tiny acts are going to affect the world around you. You know, I think this one even goes one step beyond the usual be kind message because it's also a warning against taking them for granted or ignoring them. Though I was surprised to see Baba as the one not really paying attention to nature. I, I think we will definitely revisit Baba Yaga again in a future story and not get as bogged down in all of the lovely and wonderful history that we keep going off into. <laughs> Back to the moral of the story, I would say, I would just condense it to don't be a beep. Uh, the Gospel of Will <laughs> Wheaton, verse one, chapter one. And it's the universal advice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a Richard. <laughs> okay. So what do y'all think the modern lesson would be? Well, 
Single parenting might be scary, but there are far worse things. I mean, get your act together and just live up to your responsibilities and you will save yourself and your kids a whole lot of pain. Yeah, but the story seems to say if you don't like the extra kids that you just send them to the hag in the woods. And I do not support this message. I don't want your kids. (laughs) You know, maybe be a little more choosy in picking a wife. Don't just marry the first one that'll have you because you don't know how to run a household. Truth. (laughs) The people in most of these tales just accept the first person that they meet who isn't awful. All of the princes marrying strangers and love at first sight. Blah, blah, blah. Love at first sight of their money. (laughs) (laughs) Magical instant compatibility. The real myth. (laughs) Truth. Welcome to Hag Corner. Baba Yaga is my favorite hag. She is a complicated character that is realistic in her portrayal because she swings wildly from benevolent to maleficent. Her portrayal is typically based on circumstance, and I find many of her reactions relatable as she tends to be kind to young women who are abused and ferocious to the people who are involved even peripherally in the abuse. Remember that staying silent only enables the abuser. You aren't neutral. I also love the embracing of the hag. The fact that older feminine people are considered crones and more masculine older people just grow distinguished is one of the things I hate most about the patriarchy. Uh, You hate lots of things about the patriarchy. (laughs) True. Probably because I've experienced it my entire life. Mm, Valid. Then again, there is so much to hate. So much. Well, Baba Yaga's origins are described as differently as all of her interactions. One story, even claiming that Satan himself put 12 evil women in a cauldron and spit in it and out popped Baba Yaga, the essence of evil. But in most of the tales, she had just always been a hag in the woods that people knew about and tried to avoid. The people that went to her were typically desperate or forced to go to her by ill-meaning relatives. This goes back to women with knowledge and helped other women had to be a witch and therefore evil. Because women helping women is unnatural, right? I just realized Ursula is a fishy Baba Yaga. I disagree. Ursula wanted the crown. Baba Yaga just wanted to be left alone. Only in the new version. (laughs) The new version of Little Mermaid or Baba Yaga? Yeah, no, Little Mermaid in, in the new version of Little Mermaid. In all the old versions, she just wanted to be left alone in her garden with. Yeah, we just covered Little, Little Mermaid. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we only have really experienced the two Disney versions. Ah, in both of those, Ursula did want the crown, and Baba Yaga did yeah. yes. just want people to leave her alone. A feeling that I completely agree with. By the way, who doesn't? <laughs> the The young girls who were forced to go to Baba Yaga typically received assistance from the animals that Baba Yaga had around the house. 
One of these girls became wealthy from completing Baba Yaga's tasks with the aid of Baba Yaga's mice. And when the evil stepsister was sent along to try and gain the same wealth, she was dismembered and put in a box for trying to hit Baba Yaga's lovely little mice with a rolling pin. If someone came into my house and started to attack my animals, my thoughts would grow dark in a hurry too. Baba Yaga just follows through on her intrusive thoughts. <laughs> oh, a world where jail isn't a thing. You're making me realize that I was raised by Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> so, Baba Yaga lives in a remote part of the woods in a house on chicken legs. People who live near swamps or the ocean still have their houses on stilts to current day. If you go and look up some of the older homes, especially in the swamps with mangrove trees, the stumps that the houses were built on don't take much imagination to see bird feet in that shape. You know, coming from South Louisiana, I can verify this, which of course is also another witch breeding ground. <laughs> there is a school about a half a mile from where I'm recording right now that the school was built on stilts because it's so close to the Ohio River and commonly floods where the school is up on stilts and then the parking lot is under the stilted school. I do have one mm -hmm. question. You talked about mm -hmm. the stilted houses and swamps in the ocean. You know, Baba Yaga is Slavic where there's not a lot of ocean and swamps. So I kind of wonder where that came from. They did have the wetlands. That's where a lot of oh. it is. And if you look at a lot of the houses, um, in where the lore came from, they're still on stilts. And a lot of them were built where the houses were built on trees that were still literally in the ground. So you could see the roots at the bottom that made it look like feet. That is really cool. I learned something new today. Thank you. Look up the pictures. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so pareidolia is what causes humans to see shapes and personify inanimate objects with animal or human traits. It's just part of our alligator brain that helps us in hunting, tracking, hiding, and escaping. Our brain just naturally picks out patterns and turns it into something familiar. Be that comfortable familiarity or the terrifying specter of laundry in a corner looking like a human shape that's going to eat you in your sleep. Baba Yaga is probably an amalgamation of many old women who got tired of the awful standards that society forced them to abide by and just went to the woods to try and be alone. The stories are likely from the fear of the unknown, because that just isn't how life is to be lived by societal standards then and now. A woman alone in the woods? Scandal. She must be evil and a witch. Or maybe she just had a girlfriend witch in the wood next door. Or several, because they were roommates. <laughs> she turned me into a newt. Well, you got better. <laughs> so what do y'all think happened after the story you know i wonder if the stepmother went back to her witch mother in the woods did she take her children with her or leave them with their father I understood her to knowingly send them to Baba Yaga and the witch mother in the woods was a fiction to get them to, to trick them into going. 
Yeah, I thought Baba Yaga was her actual mother because they went to their own grandmother first. Yeah, their own grandmother. I don't think that they were related or she would have been more powerful and probably not getting kicked out of the house. And why would she send kids she hated to her actual mother? To have her mother knock them off for her. Mmm, child stew. (laughs) (laughs) So, I think the cat wanted more ham. So he left Baba Yaga and made his way to join the kids and the dad. (laughs) The little girl then grew up to be a benevolent witch with a very old and snarky familiar who eventually was the companion for her great-granddaughter, a young witch named Sabrina. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to assume there was a musical number and woodland animals danced and sang because I grew up with Disney. (laughs) (laughs) To all of you hags out there, much love. Hags unite. May you all find the cabin in the woods of your dreams. Go get it, girl. (laughs) Love it. Let's wrap it up. Thank you again so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more waiting for us all at the end of the road.